I'm not sure why every week finding new topics is something that we struggle with, but here we are. I don't think it's that. Anyway, I don't think I, I don't think it's that we struggle with topics. Uh, I just think that life is very busy. Just very, very I, busy. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't struggle finding a topic. I actually struggle remembering to find a topic. <laughs> but I promise. I've got, I promise, I've got a list. I've got a I big list. I also have a big list, but we've done a lot of them too. So I need to spend some time on that list. But uh, I have okay. been spending a bit of time on myself over the last that's week, which I do recommend everybody does. I do have a joke for this week. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. What's what's the best thing about Switzerland? Oh, I know this one. <laughs> he knows it. I think I know this one. I think I know this one. Is it because nothing but their flag is a big plus? That's it. That's it. Oh, I'm sure you ruined yes. the delivery of that. I, oh, I ruined my life. Okay. <laughs> we don't have to spend seven minutes before the start of the podcast this time. So let's, let's uh, do it this time. Let's go. Let's go. Start the podcast. Woo. Start the podcast. So, podcasts, eh? <laughs> Sorry. They just listened to that. I, I was unsure whether... We need some feedback on the intro. If everybody okay, I'll give you feedback. Like. It's amazing. That's, that's true. I dance every time. <laughs> I invented a new word this week. What was that word, Sonic? Plagiarism. Plagiarism. <laughs> oh, now that was, I didn't see that. <laughs> oh, you get oh. to go first this week. I know you went two weeks in a row, but you can go this week. You no, you went first. last week, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, fine. We should just have a coin flip thing or something. So my first one is, should all social media, including like Twitter, etc., um, allow for a downvote or a dislike button like Reddit and YouTube have, or not, and why? So oh, it's I've the end why that... that screwed me. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, okay. So I've noticed like... that on all That's social medias question. aren't just the same. Go on, then. Yes. Okay. That's okay. it. It's <laughs> a good question. Good answer. Now I have to have and why. Now I have to have and why. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd why. So I've noticed be a very short not podcast. all social medias are the same, right? So they all got different. Like, if you're an enjoyer of social media, I don't know who you are, but you're a psycho. But if you're an enjoyer of all things I like social the media, then you you use the tools that they give you to have enjoyment and liking things and loving things is a positive affirmation on on so on, and they can use that from a, a big corporate perspective to drive algorithms to push more people and more content your way from what you like and what you love. You know, we've always reason... had social media, right? It's not a new thing. Okay, tell me more. Well, before computers and such and the internet, we, we think of social media days. as a I'm new so thing. I'm so young. Right? <laughs> it's that, it's that uh, luscious hair that you have that makes it... It is. You know, like all the um, so social media has always been around. It's a, it's been different forms over the years. So before the internet, we had cable TV, 
we had uh, school newspapers, we had all kinds of little media outlets for what was going on around town. Um, when you went to a, when you, or probably when you still go to a hotel because they, they die slowly, hotels, uh, they've got their um, little newsletter that you get that tells you what's going on. Uh, there's all kinds of little in, in, intra, in, we call them intranets in society where they've delivered news and media to each other. Um, videos, uh, even before things like Facebook and YouTube and all that sort of stuff, videos on the internet. There used to be websites that you could go to and see all these sort of home videos. We had funniest home videos. We had, uh, you know, every town has their own newspaper that was written by the local editor. It's, it's not always been uh, the, the good, the large conglomerates of news are actually much newer than social media. The ones that give you the news on the grander scale or, or drive profits through, you know, uh, getting your attention and keeping it for a period of time through tricks or whatever they do. That's the newer thing. Social media is, is sometimes was a personal thing that somebody would stand there and tell you what was going on. He was called the... Uh, the jet, the not the jester. <laughs> that's me. Um, the town spruker or the town crier. Oh, town crier. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's not a new hear thing. Hear ye, hear ye. Right. Uh, but it is something that we have definitely been more allowed to speak our mind on and more uh, free with our voices of recent. And I'm not necessarily sure that that's a good thing, which pushes into your point of the up and down. Is it, is it, we should just let anybody run their mouth and it's my, I'm entitled to my opinion, which I think is the stupidest statement I've ever heard in my life. Um, of course you're entitled to your opinion, just like I'm entitled to think your opinion is wrong and tell you so. Uh, if you're entitled to tell your opinion to everybody else, I'm also entitled to tell my opinion about your opinion. It's saying you're entitled to your opinion does not mean that you are beyond criticism and that you can just think that and nobody can say otherwise. It is definitely a double-edged sword. There was a video that went viral last week um, over here, um, weirdly in Australia, so it's very interesting you should say that, of an American Christian preacher on a train telling everyone that they basically uh, should, you know, repent their sins and follow the Lord and so on and so forth. And a guy harmlessly reading his book had enough of him ruining his peaceful train commute and basically told him to you know stop doing that. And the guy was like, I won't stop doing that. The Bible tells me to do this, blah, blah, blah. You're being disrespectful. And the guy's like, you're being disrespectful. You're the one making the noise. <laughs> you're the one up here pushing people on people at your agenda and people don't want to do it. If you want to do this, do this, you know, somewhere else and invite people there. And if they come, they come. But like, you know, stop standing in the middle of the train making loads of noise about what your beliefs and your perceptions are. Um, and it was quite an interesting video that was. Um, I don't know. Yeah, and I one? think that yeah. Well, I haven't seen it, but you know, I've been okay. there. Uh, I've, yeah, I've yeah. seen the same thing. And there's a difference between let's let's get some things straight you know, on, on the internet and in real life. Uh, of voicing your opinion and leaving it open to criticism, or forcing your opinion onto other people in a aggressive way. And that and that 
would characterize aggressive the way that the preacher was saying, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you this and you're going to listen and you don't have it. You can't get away from me. I'm not going to respect if you ask me to be quiet. I'm going to be the force. That is more of an assault of words than voicing your opinion or letting your opinion be known um, or, or, or vice versa. And then, of course, you can keep going if you like. There's not um, too many laws that say you can't annoy people, but other people will then start to tell you that they are annoyed and they would like to stop being annoyed. Uh, <laughs> so it's going to come down to who's going to make the biggest impression in the scenario. And of course, a lot of people just want to be left alone to their own devices, reading their books, watching TV on their phones or whatever they're doing. They don't want to necessarily, even if they do think that the person who's speaking is correct, uh, think that it's the right avenue to do that. So um, in general, social media, not a new thing. That's the first point. And the second thing is, is that if we are not able to tell somebody when we don't like what they're saying, but we have to constantly praise people, we're just going to end up with a bunch of people who think what they're saying is correct, no matter what they say. Because they're always going to find someone to hit that like button, and mm. you're always going to find somebody to agree with you, no matter. And, and mm. the internet's a big place, so no matter what yeah. you say, you're always going to find a, somebody in common with you, even the worst things, even the worst things that exist out there. You will find somebody to agree with you, and that will validate yeah. your feelings, and that will push you stronger into the wrong. You need to be told that you're wrong. You need people to stand up and say, this is wrong. And you need people to say, this is right. Just in the same, in the same. So why do you think these big companies don't, don't do this then? Why do you think, why do you think there's, this isn't a standard across the platforms? Because miscellaneous, like negativity only sells if it is not you. Right. So as, as a, um, as a product, if this if these things were designed so that people could tell everybody that they were wrong and that would sort of balance society, um, then there would be all these people having fights on their service and getting angry and being upset, right? But right. what they really want people to do is get on there, voice their opinion, and have everybody agree with them. And then they'll yeah. have people that disagree with them verbally, like, like typing, which is not just a quick dislike or the people who yeah. potentially won't even say anything at all and just let it go. Um, and then these people see no negative against their particular belief, opinion, whatever it is, and they only see positive and that drives them further down that path. Now, then they can say, well, that person is being negative, but that's not us. That's that person. And we can point at him and say, he's doing all these things. Look, he's doing all these things. Look at it, look at it, look at it, look at it. It's definitely a woman sometimes, let me tell you. But look at it, 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 and and you'll get these feed posts. This person said this. Look at the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp case, for God's sake. Oh, jeez. That was insane in my workplace. That was crazy. Everyone was on their phones all the time watching that. I was so interested. I was so interested, and I I was interested in it. It's a big, big thing. And and may, if you don't think that that was a massive part of our society and that that, that had 
things wrapped in it and, and implications and implications wrapped around it. You are not very educated in that type of thing because let me tell you, I, I went, I skirted around stupid there. <laughs> um, nobody's stupid. No, nobody's stupid. But if, if you don't realize how much of an effect this particular outcome will have on society, you are not oh, yeah. thinking correctly. And you see people like, I mean, we watched that. And I'll tell you my personal opinions on it. Everybody else has. It's not going to be a big deal. So it's clear that Amber Heard uh, had been lying about a number of things, and it was very clear that she had information misrepresented over the period of the trial. Now, if you've watched the trial, and you'd understand, and you'd probably be on the same boat as me, um, but what there's this UK case that happened prior to that, and, and the Amber was saying, mm -hmm. well, I won that one, I won that one, I, I didn't defame him. But that court case... What people sort of misrepresent is that that court case was saying that Johnny Depp was an abuser. That's not what happened in the UK. She said a bunch of stuff, and in that court case against that magazine, they proved that they said that he, Johnny Depp couldn't prove that Amber Heard was lying in that case. It wasn't that it proved that Johnny Depp was an abuser. Mm, yeah, yeah. And, and then... That court case, if you want to use that court case as any, as any mustard, you can say, well, she said all these things in that court case, which in this court case she denied saying, said that they weren't true, said that those things were different, and there was all these witnesses in the American court case that disproved all of the things that happened in the UK. But because that one had already been adjudicated over, you can't go back and change the prior. Um, mm. If you actually look at it all and you study it all, you'll understand what I'm talking about, but that's okay um, if you haven't. One of the biggest things that really stirs me up is mm. the feminist movement around saying that because she's a woman, we have to believe her anyway. And I think mm. that's, that's the worst thing that, that had happened out of the whole scenario. Now, getting mm. off point with Amber Heard, and obviously there's strong points, and we could do a whole podcast on all that sort of stuff. <laughs> but like she was trying to say that, that she was tried by social media, right? Mm -hmm. And that how could the jurors, jurors not um, know about what was happening on social media? Yeah, how, how they'd could be they influenced, know? yeah. How could they know? Well, they might have been. But the reality okay. is, is that her court case was live it was live to yeah. the world and the I'm whole sure the world jurors had no access to anything that we'd like they, they saw live what the whole world saw right yeah you know it's not like they were sat was... on facebook getting people's opinions they were in the in the courtroom witnessing this right they weren't like listening to other people while that was happening and then they got to go away and think about it and do all of these things and see things and the thing was, is that the only way that that would be a case, that would be an issue, is that if Amber Heard um, was using tricks in the courtroom that were working in the courtroom, but didn't work for everybody else, that it wasn't edited video and such. So there were some interesting moments in the in the trial that have uh, resonated through social media, and you see those come up here and there. Um, but I think the biggest thing to come out of this whole thing and that and this is that implications thing is that uh women 
really have a bias in our minds of of truth telling. We we think that women um, in domestic violence situations are always telling the truth, and we'd love to think that we could that we can believe them and that we can do all of the things and save them from their from their situation, and uh, and that that's how simple it is. And that bias shone really hard at the beginning of Johnny Depp's situation because she just went on television, didn't mention him specifically, but said my husband, who he was the one she was married to, did this to me and this and so forth and so on. Mm -hmm. And everyone basically got rid of Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp got had lost everything for this. They downvoted him. Right. Now, I can tell you, I know that the fact is that he lost all of that because of what she said. Yep. Because I didn't know about any of his drugs and drinking and any of the other stuff. I had no idea. Right. That, okay. wasn't, that wasn't what society knew about Don, Johnny Depp and what these people with the money would care about. They didn't yeah, care okay. about the drugs and the drinking. We love... Uh, Robert Downey Jr. We love <laughs> all these people, right? Yeah. Uh, Charlie Sheen. We love them. Oh, God. Right? Uh, as, as a society, we do. We think that they're funny and we think that they're intelligent and we think that they um, have had some mishaps in their life, but we don't cancel them because they took drugs or drunk alcohol or maybe got upset. Look at Jeremy Clarkson, who who didn't get a steak in a restaurant and punched one of his producers and got fired from the BBC. Yeah. Right? The, the BBC yeah. is now Some people might to say he back. is cancelled and other people, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can tell you he isn't cancelled because he has a new show. Um, if you haven't yeah. seen it, it's called The Grand Tour. It's fantastic. It's on Amazon. Um, it's a special out now, actually. Yeah. Hashtag brand new special. Dis- not sponsored. <laughs> we should be sponsored. But... I can tell you, when Top Gear got rid of Jeremy Clarkson, do you know what got cancelled? Top Gear. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because that LeBlanc. new guy, Matt LeBlanc was okay. He was the best of the three. But that guy Evans, with the orange hair. Chris Evans. What the not, hell? Not to be confused with Captain America. Oh, oh, my goodness. Wow. That was just, that was awful. It was awful. He's a really popular radio DJ in this country too. It's oh, great! Weird. But and we he does, have he does have great cars as well. Totally if we had if we had Carl Sanderland, who's an Australian DJ guy, um, or radio talkback, if we had him as Top Gear presenter in Australia, uh, it would be awful also. But let me tell you, there is a Top Gear in Australia, and nobody watches it because <laughs> it's garbage. Fair enough. <laughs> so. Jeremy Clarkson, uh, Richard Hammond, and uh, James May are Top Gear. You can't, you can't replace them. And we love how they act. We love how they fight with each other and leave each other on the side of the road. We love how they go and cause mischief and, and get around. And you know what? If they didn't get a stake and they were pretty angry about it and stuff happened and it would have been a long-going saga and they punched someone, you know, most Australians would be like, you know what, that's how I'd act. So we're very mm. in tune with that type Old of personality. School. Right, it's just, <laughs> it's just how we are, right? Now, all that wraps up into... We want to be able to say to people what we think. 
and taking away or, or not giving the option to say dislike. I disagree. Yeah, or dislike, yeah. Yeah, I disagree with what you're saying and just move on with your life is the reason why those fights happen, why those verbal abusive things happen online, why people yeah, feel the need to Can to I ask you engage. about the impact on young people as well? Because we didn't... Okay, yep, social media has been around since the dawn of time and tank cries, etc. But we didn't have um, this kind of social media in this particular form when we were the next generation and the generation's age, etc. Well, so, yeah, you're right. Emotional maturity for us was if we didn't like someone in the playground, it'd normally end up in some kind of scrap kind of thing. And then you get taken to the teacher's office and you'd be put in the corner and your mum and dad were called. And then like three weeks later, you were best friends with this person because you'd worked it out your system um, or, you know, bullying may occur and then bullying may continue to occur uh, until it reaches a boiling point, etc. And then one of you would snap, et cetera, and there'd be a physical altercation or whatever. Um, <laughs> these sort of things um, appear to have moved completely from the physical world in many ways. I don't say they don't still exist, but there does seem to now be this pitchfork and uh, flames mentality online now because people can hide behind their computers, et cetera. Mm. So... There's this whole can- cancel culture, which you were touching on just there as well, that was driven. So, yeah. that, so, so for every tool that we provide in this world, uh, it, those tools like can be missed, like a knife. A knife is a tool. It can be used for making food or it can take someone's life. You know, it's how you use that tool to, to actually, you know, give constructive criticism and have engaging conversations instead of instigating a platform for harassment and hate and that's the i think i think that's one of the reasons that we haven't seen a dislike on things like twitter etc when they've got enough problems with people using 140 characters 15 times over instead of you know a button to say i don't like this take it out yeah. of my feed you know <laughs> so it, it's, thing... it's interesting Oh. One thing that happened recently with the dislike button was they put the new, uh, and, and this is probably why the dislike button isn't there most likely. Okay. The dislike button on the new Little Mermaid film was hit Crikey. somewhere around a million, million times. Um, and because, are idiots. And, yeah. and, and you know what, not necessarily because uh, of the race of the person playing Ariel, right? Which she happens to be a African. There is a large portion of people fed up of the real life action Disney. <laughs> Just right, general. exactly. Yeah. And 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 I think that's you know and, and and but what actually happened was now I saw this I was like wow people are disliking this video I'm, I want to know what it is about this video that is bad so that I know about the bad stuff. It was a and little bit dark. And, <laughs> Well, I went to see, number one, I wanted to see if it was true because, you know, the internet's full of crap a lot of the time. Yeah. So I went to see this trailer and you know what I found when I'd got there? What? They had removed the dislike button. Now that's interesting. I didn't know they'd removed the dislike button. Now that to me 
is is a massive problem. Now I don't I don't have a problem with little let's get one thing straight. I love live action Disney. Okay. I just that I'm kind not a of fan. guy. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, look at my logo. Um I love no, Disney. I... I love all Disney. I love live action. I love cartoon. I love everything. I don't I'm, like I'm... the remake culture very much That's at okay. all. There are That's exceptions. Fine. If it's they were going to do live action and did something different, then, you know, cool. Let's have a look at if, that. If someone makes a film like a Matrix or an Inception or, a, or mm. all of these different films, Star Wars, Back to the Future, uh, things that were just new and had not been done before. And if somebody makes mm-hmm. a film like that, uh, what was the latest one? Interstellar. That was a really good one. I like that one. Mm. Um that just has new ideas in it and new avenues of of creation and understanding and and really drives people down a different thought process. Like Back to the Future had massive implications from its yeah. inception to yeah. to now. 2015, the entire world was like, "Where's my hoverboard?" kind of situation, yep. and and it was and they made the shoes and Michael J. And it was still a thing. Yep. It was a massive part of society. And the movie was good, but it wasn't like, you know, uh, the acting was great. And uh, saying Back to the Future was was uh, a piece of, you know, riveting theatre like Shakespeare or something like that. But it was yeah. definitely uh, an engaging film that Absolutely. took hold of the world and gave people something to hope for and was just an amazing thing to go through as a child i was four when that came out um, and i went through all the three sequels and um all two sequels i should say and then <laughs> there's three movies three and two sequels and i had a tv series i kind of had a good time watching that i've actually seen the tv i haven't actually seen the tv series Is it it's, a, TV it's series? animated it was an animated tv series it followed sure, sure, um sure. the doc doc and his two sons okay so i don't i don't um watch a lot of animated series in my in my I life <laughs> and i assume that being being who are uh but i don't and and it's not because i don't like animation it's because i love acting and i love theater and i love skill of acting i love people doing things and and you know like so i like moana and frozen and all those movies uh, because the skill is in two parts. Number one, there's the voice acting, which is very good. Yeah. And there's also the animation uh, and the ability to sync the lip move. I really watch lips in animation and things like that. So okay. animation to me uh, in a digital format with really high level of quality in the in the cinematics and how they do things and how they emulate those people uh, makes me, I like I like that kind of animation, but I don't like the more two D plain style of animation where it's kind of good enough is is okay. Um, Lip syncing's okay. well off. I can't. Fo- it just seems like I'm watching <laughs> a laggy video game. I don't like. I don't like watching that. This is why I struggle with those lower budget animated situations where okay. people haven't put the time in to actually make it something really special. That's my personal stuff. Though. That's nothing to do with any, I'm sure they're great and people love those things and I don't have anything against them. I just don't personally want to watch them. So the point is dislike. Uh, it should be there. It's better for us. 
overall, mm-hmm. I think dislike okay. is the right thing to do. Um, and if you don't like somebody not liking your stuff, I don't know, get good. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> what do you think? Dislike or no dislike? Um, I think I think um, I see the mental health negatives and positives, but I think that once you get past the initial negative feeling of like nobody likes me, everybody hates me, you know that kind of thing, you actually could you you can actually work with that information. Um, it is open to exploitation, but then so is everything. Um, I mean, just look at this Andrew Tate fella who nobody knew about until people started cancelling him. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, and and it was all the negative posts being so. So it's interesting. Who's right? Andrew Tate? Is he the guy that made oh, the? Do you know what movie about? That's great. The... He's a he's a kickboxer guy um, who's got controversial things about um, sex trafficking and stuff. But he's the guy who pushes the alpha male mentality. You know, if you if you aren't an oh. alpha male, then no, you're no. a you're soy soy sauce. You know, you're like literally. Um, he, he's one of those people who says certain things that actually make sense and then carries on talking after. <laughs> so after, after he, he makes a very it. good point, he ruins it by continuing <laughs> on down that street. And he's very anti-female, but then there's an argument about that, about whether he is anti-female, because there are women who will defend him and stuff. But sure, sure, sure. a lot of the things he said are, are not great. He's been cancelled off every social media platform now. So every single social media platform have banned him. Yeah, they've taken him away. They've done what they did to Donald Trump, to Andrew Tate. Um, (laughs) But the interesting thing about that is, and my point on the whole of that was, um, there was no dislike button to say, I don't like this. There was, you know, there was more people liking. And then people who are making negative comments about his negative life views or his, you know, his his personal takes, I should say, because, you know, at the end of the day, Right or wrong, they're his views, not your views. So leave it at that. But you could post, I don't like this fella, and get likes. So that's technically a dislike. Yeah, and I think um, at the end of the day, people sometimes just need to be told that we don't like what they're doing. And and if they want to publicly ask people for their opinion, which is what posting something online is, by the way, guys, if you're wondering, um, we, I don't know if anybody's ever heard the phrase vague booking, um, but this is where, where you put something on social media, like, I'm just so upset. I just don't know what to do. And then subtweeting as well, don't they? I think yeah, some someone yeah. will write under that. Oh, mate, what's wrong? I'll I'll help you out. What do What do you need? And the person will say, "I don't want to talk about it." Uh, <laughs> you're on the internet. This is not your diary. This is not something that you have to. Um, this is not your diary. This is this is <laughs> the internet where all these people are looking at you, and all the things that you do. And we are all judging you. Just so you know, we are all judging you, whether we say it, whether we type it, whether we press the like button or the dislike button. Our feelings remain the same. And they are not going to change because you tell us we're not allowed to say what we're feeling. So there you go. Um, I think we need to move on because we do. I, could probably, I could probably yell at people all day about that. <laughs> yep. I'm a very, a very cast about that kind of situation. Now, 
What are we going to go on to next? My one, eh? I've got one. Yep. I promise. I did stuff. Um, now, this is an argument between me and my wife, actually. Okay. And I know people have very strong opinions uh, about this topic, and it is one of the most controversial topics of the literacy world. So, you know, Ooh. hold on to your hats, people. Okay. Um, so the first thing is uh, the difference between audio books and normal books, right? Mm-hmm. I personally like audio books. Uh, and I think, and because I'm traveling a lot and I don't have, sometimes I'm driving and I can listen to a book or, or I'm uh, on a plane and reading makes me travel sick. Um, so I like the audio book because you get all the goodness of a book, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, without having to carry a book around with you. So that's number one. Uh, the other one is paper books versus ebooks or uh, Kindles or, or that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, now the, there is the school of thought that holding the piece of paper and the book, and it's just more real, uh, reading a okay. book than it is reading okay. the okay. electronic device. Okay. Well, I've got, I've, got um, a, I've got an interesting one on that. Carry on. Yeah. Um, so the, the three things are mm-hmm. audio books versus reading. Yeah. Right? Uh, no, audio I like both. Wins. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> and then there's paper versus ebook. And yeah. uh, and sort of a, a trilogy of what's what's the right way to go about it. So you go, you go. Tell me what you think. Okay, okay. So for me, because I'm dyslexic, I like audiobooks anyway, um, because it helps. I, I I can process them better than I can reading normally, um, and the flow is quicker. And it sometimes feels like someone's reading you a bedtime story, you know. And yeah, it's 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 a bit um, calming. It, I it's nice. It's a um, I have found books that I can lose myself in, but the problem with, with books for me is that once I lose where I am, it's very hard for me to find where I was, and, and then I end up under-reading and going back further than I actually was, and then reading it like I've read it for the first time, and then I got to that point, and I'm like, oh, I've read this. It's just like I could literally, like, for, uh, my own personal hell would be reading a book in hell because I just constantly lose myself and then keep reading it again and again and going, oh, I've read that bit. Bloody hell, right, okay. Um, so, yeah. But um, Stan Lee once said that comics, physical comics, are like boobs. Everyone likes to look at them, but you really want to hold them. And <laughs> it's like, he's got a point. So the physical element of the Kindle versus a book is, I don't think books or graphic novels or um, comics or things like that will ever fully disappear. I think there'll always be a market for non-computer-based reading. Now I agree um, with you on on the comics. I think, and I don't read okay. comics personally myself. I I love that though That's because that I'm really not a shows. It's fine. Well, no, I don't know about that. I just don't <laughs> don't like the comic format. I don't like it. Um, it's not my kind of. There doesn't. There's not enough uh, substance to the de- depiction of the universe that it's in for me to really fully immerse myself into the story um there's a lot more graphical rather than uh lyrical and that makes me i just don't enjoy it as much so that's fine but having a paper comic versus i hate digital comics 
<laughs> in any form. I've tried uh, to look at um, comic-style writing online, and I just hate it. I, it just is something that I don't even want to do. It, I, I actually have an aversion to looking at it. So I really understand that uh, part of it, and that's different than my probably in my opinion over books, because in in books versus uh, paper and ebook, um, there is a lot of benefits to ebook. But I'll let you keep going, and I'll get on to my bit when I get to, when it's my turn. <laughs> no, no. Um, so yeah, I think um, for me, I love the ability to have like a kindle or something for when you're going away because you can take like a whole library with you so you don't have you don't get pinned down by the one book and if you do go pinned down by the one book you have that problem of what if you don't like that book and i, I i'm going to be slightly sexist in this um a lot of women that i know who are book readers uh tend to sort of not care if the book is bad because they like the journey of the of finding out that it's bad but a lot of male book readers that I've met, and I'm not, I'm not saying all people, I'm, I'm sweeping a sit, based on my own experience. Uh, a lot of male people are like, well, I just wasted, like, well, that was pointless. That was a rubbish book. I don't, I can't believe so-and-so recommended that to me. But whereas <laughs> it's interesting that female readers that I've met over the years have always been like, well, it wasn't a good book, but it was, you know, I had, you had to experience it. You had to go through it, you know, right onto the next book. And it, it almost gave them a hunger as opposed to a disappointment to read more. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's quite interesting. I would like to be able to read books like big books and actually, you know, not get, get lost in them. And I think audio books for me work a hell of a lot better. But then I'm always and always have been an audio visual guy hence the comics hence the you know um that's how i learn i'm an audio doer uh, and a learner that way instead of parrot style read this you've learned it kind of thing i can't stand that kind of education um so i think of of the questions you said then so audiobook for me seems to be the winner and then yeah, yeah. i do i do think i i love like so i have read a book recently it, it's um the memoirs of the actor who played the TV character Columbo. Um, it was like a really interesting book of short stories from his real life, etc. And I had to go away on a work, uh, work away trip, basically, uh, where I was on a train for a, lot, a long time. And then I had a hotel in the evening and then I had a train coming back. And I did actually get through that book. I was quite proud of myself. Um, and uh, it was Memoirs of Peter Falk, I think it's called. And... Um, I actually enjoyed reading on the train and in the like the hotel this book because I was passionate about the topic material. I enjoy, you know, big Columbo fan. Enjoyed the um, stories that were being told in there. I laughed, I cried, I giggled. I, you know, it, I just enjoyed this this thing. And I don't think I would have had that same experience with a Kindle. I just don't think I would have. I don't know why. I don't think I would have been as immersive. The words could have been the same. The book could have been the same. But because I had this page turning, you know, this engagement, I don't think it would have been as as good on a Kindle. I've never really bonded with Kindles myself. Yeah. Uh, I personally, um, I think there's some def- definition to be had here. So, I I would like to sub- subject myself to the public opinion poll of. <laughs> 
of the internet and say that things like magazines, comic books, um, or even graphic novels, where the graphic graphical imagery is a big part of the story and a big part of the of the of the experience, definitely mm-hmm. is better in paper. I think magazines particularly um, mm-hmm. need to be in paper. I think digital magazines. Yeah, they really don't work in PDF, do they? No, like, not at all. It's really strange. It's the same. It's the same thing. You're literally turning the page in PDF, but it, it just it just it, it just feels it's like, like yeah. GeoCities back in the day with all the pop-ups yeah. flying up in your face, as opposed to, you know. Yeah, it's the medium, the medium of yeah. the book that you can take with you. And that's that's your pictures there. Whereas on, mm-hmm. say, a PDF or a website, you know you can go and get better pictures. If the picture's not very good that they take, yeah. you can go and get yeah. another picture just by typing it into Google. Whereas in a magazine, that's the picture. You know, yeah. it's that picture, and and you know that somebody's committed that to to finality. That that's the that's been yeah. chosen to be there. And I Isn't just think magazines need to be mm. what they are. And also, uh, comic books in the same fashion. This is not the same as seeing a graphic on the internet as to seeing it in in the flesh, in touching it, and and being able to point at it and. You know, the screens are not very personal with you. Now, Kindles and books, um, I get the idea of having a book that you can uh, hold and feel the paper and all this sort of stuff, and I've done that many times in my life. But to me, I I want to, my personal goal at the moment is to go over the entire Terry Pratchett collection um, from, from okay. one to to however many it is, it's something like sixty books. Um, yeah, it's a lot of books <laughs> that I'd like to that I'd like to read over again. And I've read most. I found one in my searches that I hadn't read. I'm very excited about that, but I'm going to read it in order. So I'm going to leave that for a while. But the best thing yeah. about my books that I choose is I don't buy new books. I'll never go out unless it's Terry Pratchett, of course. But they haven't come out in a while. Unfortunately, my friend Terry has passed away. But yeah. I can tell you... His daughter's doing fantastic, though, in and, the written and, world. And what's your name as well, um, who is working with Mr. Baxter, was it? I don't know. He's got a... He, was, he wrote the last few books with his daughter and this other guy, um, which I can't Stephen remember Baxter. his name. Stephen Baxter, that's him. Yep. Um, they wrote The Long Earth and The Long Mars and... Uh, the Long Universe, uh, all of those books together, and that those books really have a good transition. It's probably the best way somebody could pass on their knowledge and legacy to somebody else, because what happened was Terry, unfortunately, got dementia and lost yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a lot of his cognitive ability towards the end, and he passed <laughs> the torch slowly over to Stephen and his daughter and those styles that he used in some of his books, they took a more serious, he was very lighthearted and comical with the way that he depicted things and that sort of slowly went from that comical to the serious throughout the next sort of four books. And Mm. it was just a really good way to let him pass it over rather than him mm. ending and something trying to take his place. Uh, and I thought that 
that was probably the best way I've ever seen that. Anyway, so books are great. <laughs> we can talk yeah, about yeah. that forever and ever. Um, but I do think that there's some, there is something about, as you said, taking your ebook with all of the volumes of everything on it and being able to use mm. that wherever you are. And it can also be used as an audio book device and it can be used as um, a notepad and, and all these different things. To me, I, I'm... I guess it's about making time to, to, to do all those things. So I think that's another thing. With a book, you know, you, you, you don't feel the time constraints of a physical book because you dictate it. Whereas with a large library, at least for me, I'm like, oh, God, right. It's the same with my films and my TV shows and stuff. It's like, oh, I've got so many things to get through. Oh, I've got so many, you know, books to get through. It's just, I don't know, less of a grind when you do it one by one and you can't flick to another book. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I would say this would be the first time that I would probably not able to be to give an answer on this one yet. Yeah. I think this, this will be like that. It will be a transition between paper from paper throughout into potentially something even new that we haven't thought about yet. Um, I yep. do like things we haven't thought about yet. That's my favorite thing. Like I said <laughs> about the movies, uh, because yep. it's so funny to watch people. I, I said to my fr friend, um, he goes death, death. And the only two things that are inevitable is death and taxes. And I said, well, death isn't necessarily certain. I said, what do you mean? Death is certain. <laughs> and I'm like, well, not necessarily. And he's like, yep. no, you're definitely going to die. And I'm like, well, see, there's a possibility that I won't. Uh, it's not certain. It's very likely that I will die, but it's not certain at all. And in fact, there's many ways that I could theoretically live on forever, physically mm. live on forever. Or mentally live on forever. There is many different things that could happen in the time frame from now until my potential demise date, which would be the uh, certainty that he's talking about, that may change mm. that outcome. Um, and just because you can't think past what is happening today and what is a certainty to you today doesn't mean that that won't change in the future. And that's what we call having an open mind, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so Very it true. is possible that you will live forever and it's also possible that you will die right now uh, and i'm sorry to all those people that just died mm. but uh it was something that was inevitable um apparently now i just contradicted myself but at the end of that i think we can answer this question um or these this poll of ourselves because i actually see validity in all three and, I, and I'm actually interested to see what the next thing is. Uh, so let's leave it at that, eh? What's, okay. your, what's your next topic? So I, just, I don't know if I'm being a, a bit negative this week or, uh, or what, but I just, I don't know. It's coming up to Halloween. Wait, wait. It's coming up to Let Christmas. me get the dislike button. I'll just tick that. There you go. Right. Oh, Keep going. Go. It's, coming up, it's coming up to Halloween. And then after Halloween, it, it's Christmas. In other countries, there's like Thanksgiving. And also we have fireworks night and a, a couple of other things. Now, fireworks night for the UK is the um, celebration of catching the person who was attempting to blow up the Houses of Parliament. Um, and then they Fox. chucked him on a bonfire. Yeah. Um, it's not very public knowledge outside the world, uh, but for some reason we celebrate it every year. Um, it's a little bit like um, uh, the 4th of July for the Americans kind of thing, but backwards. 
Um, and every year, Halloween and Christmas rolls around. Uh, that really good uh, film, The Nightmare Before Christmas, rocks up, um, and and then you've got like all these all this marketing and supermarkets tend to load up earlier and earlier each year with um, like Halloween paraphernalia and Christmas paraphernalia. I can tell you now that there is Christmas stuff available in the shops here um, in quite a lot of big superstores. Um, But why do we hate on people who want to celebrate these holidays for longer? Because this has well, always been question? an interesting conversation <laughs> to me. So the, the question is, why do we hate? Why do we hate on people celebrating holidays like Halloween and Christmas each year? Because uh, people like literally are just trying to enjoy themselves. I can answer it for you. Go for it if you like. Um, because I do know the answer. Even though my wife is someone who loves celebrating all of these holidays, I can tell you that it's also the opposite for her as well. At the same time, exactly the same time, she has both of these emotions. Number one, you get off Christmas, and they just and it's like January first, and you go to the yep. uh, you go to the supermarket, and they're selling hot cross buns, right, ready for ready Easter. For Easter. <laughs> yeah. um, and 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 my wife likes hot cross buns, so she's cool with that. And as you say, you know, they'd have Thanksgiving and they'd have Christmas and Halloween. And Halloween hasn't been a big thing here for for very long. Only probably oh. the last sort of 10 years has Halloween been an accepted oh. celebration. Um, but it is, it is gaining traction. We're getting rid of the old fuddy-duddies that think we're uh-huh. worshipping Satan and getting on with the let's just have some fun and buy some lollies. Um, and I agree with all of that. I think holidays and events and and having things that people accept and allow people to do is all very, very fun and should be maximized. But I think what you're referring to is why people get upset about it. And why people get upset about it is because as soon as you see the Christmas tree in Big W, which is our uh, sort of Walmart kind of store, uh, yep. you you go, oh, crap, right? I have to buy Christmas presents. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And you might have just had to go through uh, something recently. The times of year that these things happen are getting closer and closer to the last one. So if you've just Mm -hmm. spent all your money and your credit card's maxed out and you're totally full and then there's hot cross buns and things, you're thinking, crap, Mm -hmm. how am I going to afford Easter? And then... Uh, as mm-hmm. you say, Halloween comes around, you've got to do Halloween, but then all of a sudden you've got to do Christmas and it's all happening. And there's just these periods of time throughout the year where money just sort of funnels out of your account. As a child, uh, without those kinds of responsibilities, you can think, yes, Halloween, Christmas, these are all amazing. I'm going to get all these presents. And that's kind of how mm-hmm. they look at it. Uh, my son plans his next birthday gift on his birthday. Um <laughs> Because that's his only like form it. of income, and and I understand that. But it was also a, a reminder to us people who are struggling and who are um, less fluent with the money, uh, flush with money, something like that, uh, that we do have to spend more money on these holidays, and we'll be obligated to do more and more for our so children. People... So. Do you think this is actually more of a jealousy thing? Um, or do you think this is something a little bit more 
different. So for me, I like the financial thing. I get the financial thing that you're saying there, but for me, um, there's ways of celebrating Halloween and Christmas and being in the spirit of things without spending an awful lot of money. You know, like um, last year's Christmas decorations don't necessarily need to be replaced. You know, early uh, there are socially accepted times for when you put your tree up and when you decorate your house and so on and so forth. And with Halloween, it's just you know, it, it doesn't cost much to just get into the spirit, watch Halloween movies, watch Christmas movies, you know, um, and, and just enjoy the vibe and leave other people to be, you know, spending their their money and stuff. I, I Christmas doesn't have to be a very expensive affair. I know there's expectations with children, and I've had children myself, and I know that you know people want the most greatest and latest of everything, and and it's a real struggle for young families, and I, I get that, but then. It's not normally the those people who are complaining about the fact <laughs> that there's an aisle in a shop with Christmas decorations. It's just I, I just don't get it. I've always bit my lip around this topic because it's just like yeah. stop being so miserable. <laughs> like the marketing machine has come around and they want to make money out of you. Great, you don't have to buy it. Yeah, you can walk like... down the aisle and go, hey, they're cool. You don't have to buy it. That, <laughs> you know, it's. it's... So in the shopping perspective, I kind of understand it. It's not so much the the people putting things up in their house and that sort of stuff. I think it's more around the shops, you know, trying to take as long as possible and get as much money out of you as possible. And these people, um, the expectation is, is real. My family uh, has this expectation of presence. And and it is not my 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 actually family in law actually because i don't see my family a lot and the expectation of presence is that you would buy each other something around about the 50 dollar mark right oh, okay. so which is a bit strange uh but it is what it is because what happens is is that everybody buys each other a gift that they think they want nobody ever knows what to buy for me because nobody's a nerd in our family except for me so talk to me. I, I got loads of ideas. Right. You, you would, but they don't. They always get me yeah. a gift card of some type. Um, so I get a $50 gift card and I buy them a $50 present. So I'm basically buying myself a $50 gift card. And, yeah. But, yeah. you know, this, this is Christmas, right? So everybody has to give each other something that they care about. Now I think about what I buy and I think about what I'm getting people. And I make sure that I put some effort into it. And sometimes I make it and sometimes I do these kinds of things. And I do my best to make it something special but uh it does seem like a bit of roundy housey everybody going out and buying something for you and then you buying something for them and all you and all you all end up doing is buying a bunch of stuff you don't really need uh for thousands of dollars and the real winner is the person selling all the stuff that's yeah. christmas um to me in in regards to the commercial side of it there's also uh, a level of purchasing certain types of food and and having uh, an indulgent time and the kids expecting to go to the fair. And it's just a very expensive time for families. Now, I love going to the fair and I love having all the food and I love presents um, because it's a bit of fun. But I do admit that it does seem a bit needless. I don't need to do any of those things, to enjoy myself with my family, and I don't yeah. need to pass $50 around the table. some blanket, hope for snow outside, yeah. you know. I feel like... <laughs> Watch I feel Elf like... for the 50th time. 
I feel like we should just all give each other fifty dollars and then get on with life. Um, <laughs> that that part of it, and and I think I'm not I'm not that humbuggy about Christmas. I love Christmas and I love holidays and I love Halloween. I love the lollies and I love it all. And I don't get upset when I see it in the shops, and I don't get upset about it all. But I do understand it. You can imagine there's people out there really struggling with. Uh, keeping their family afloat and things don't always go right. And even when they're going right, there's always the fear of them not going right. And that uh, is something I really identify with. So I can understand that some people see Christmas and spending holidays like Easter, Christmas and Halloween as a burden rather than a positive uh, because they may not necessarily care about Halloween um, they might care about something different. They might be yeah. more into uh, what reading a good book and staying home by themselves or whatever they want to do. Uh, and and this is a real burden on them that they're now forced to socially interact with people and spend money on those people that they otherwise wouldn't do. So I guess I, I guess I understand why people get upset about it and feel a social burden towards the the monetary aspect of these holidays. But I definitely don't understand people that want to be upset about things or don't want to get into the spirit of things just because they find it boring or humbuggy or that mm-hmm. kind of thing. I think that's not uh, not for me. Um, we are getting to the end of our time frame here tonight. We have waffled on a fair mm-hmm. amount, which is good for us. We do have one more topic, mm-hmm. um, as usual. And we may, I have been thinking about dropping it down to three, actually. But we'll talk about that later on. Um, okay. But the the last topic is a quick one, and this is a good one, I think. Uh, okay. This is this is about fears and uh, which one we always talk about how dangerous Australia is. So you can do both of these things in Australia. You can't bungee <laughs> jump in Australia, by the way. It's not allowed. Really? Uh, right. Yeah. Well, it's it's okay. weird. We have some weird. <laughs> I'll, I'll, well, I think next week we'll talk about weird Australian rules because uh, there's okay. many. Um, okay. <laughs> namely bungee jumping, but also many other things that you wouldn't think us as the toughest nation in the universe uh, yeah. would have these problems, but we do. This this uh, this is more of a this or that. Um, okay. Which one? Which one do you find more scary? Yep. Scuba diving or skydiving? Yep. Which one is it? Are we scuba diving as in deep sea diving or like near the beach? I mean, you can define that. Okay. You can define that. So near, near the beach, I don't think scuba diving is that much of an issue because if you're in trouble, you, you, you're still in a situation where you can get yourself out of trouble or people might see you or whatever. Scuba diving, actually getting into the deeps of the sea, is one of the most... Uh, euphorically calming but also horrendously panicking experiences i can imagine next to opening the airlock on a spaceship um (laughs) it's that whole sort of you're gonna black out and die but it's not going to be that painful in comparison to maybe crashing into the earth at 100 miles an hour because your parachute didn't open um I've got no problem with jumping out of a plane. I've got no problem jumping off a cliff into water because I have done it. I 
am human. I am apprehensive when I de- when I do it. Um, I went to Corfu about four or five years ago, and uh, my friend did the base jumping, and I did it too. And when I looked at the video, I hesitated more than I did in my head because I actually I, I didn't I didn't remember hesitating until. Like at all, really. Um, but as I got closer to the edge, I slowed down, and then I jumped, and it was just like, wow, I could have really that could have ended badly. That <laughs> could have been game over. Hesitation um, is bad. Yeah. Hesitation, Hesitation is bad. That's for the sure. Mother all fuck ups or whatever. But yes, I uh, I'd happily jump out of a plane. I've got no problem with that aspect. Um, but being in underwater in quite a serious depth with things going wrong, I would, I don't think I'd cope with that very well. It's part of the thing of, um, I know it's slightly off topic, but it's part of the thing why I've always wanted to be an astronaut and I've always wanted to be in space, but I've also like never wanted it to go wrong when in space. Cause you're just so far away from any kind of help. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, just drifting in the middle of space is the same as drifting in the middle of the deep sea, I guess. It's uh, such a me. new so, age fear. Yeah. I, I honestly feel really? like these fears we have are so new age. Because there was a right. there there was an age where everything was that level of of intense, where going off into the ocean on a boat could be your last action. Uh, mm. There was, you know, sailing around the world was like going into Very space. True. There was, if your boat was damaged or your sails were damaged, you may never see land again and you may perish yeah. at sea. And many people did. Yeah, over, like, explorers yeah. went to new lands and those lands were not necessarily hospitable. Um, the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> the old Bermuda Triangle. Um, we should do a paranormal podcast as well. But I think, to me, okay. I think skydiving and scuba diving. I don't think skydiving is very scary. Um, no. But I am probably more scared of skydiving than I am of scuba diving. Oh, so there you go. Okay, that's an interesting uh, one. I think. So I'm what is more it about con- skydiving that that's Bothers bothers you. There, there's well, there's a section of skydiving which is outside of your control. Okay. Which is where you pull that cord, and uh-huh. hopefully parachute comes out. Right. <laughs> hopefully. Well, pack two now, and normally if you're if you're um, jumping out of a plane in in this day and age, normally you have to do like seven or eight tandem jumps with someone with an experienced jumper before you're allowed to jump yourself. Sure, sure. Um, but that that's yeah. the part that I can't control. Whereas with scuba diving, okay. uh, I feel, and, and I've only been scuba diving at very shallow depths, so I'm not going to say mm-hmm. that I'm experienced, but I feel like there's a lot I can do about my situation and I'm not okay. necessarily falling to my death while trying to do those things. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that, that's, have you heard that's of the, just um, for me. Have you heard of the skydiving thing where you go up in like a hot air balloon and jump into a net? Oh, yes. The, the, the parachuteless. <laughs> yeah. yeah, without parachuteless. a parachute. Yeah. 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 I have seen that. It looks, it, I saw a There's guy doing li- really like, high up. Something about like uh, those things. I love doing them from time to time, but then I like things that make me feel alive and that adrenaline rush 
you know, I wouldn't say I'm as addicted to to that. You know, I'm not like every week out on the on the driving range, sort of uh, doing 120 miles an hour or whatever in a car, 200 miles an hour, or whatever. Um, you know, I, I'm not reckless in that sense, but every now and then to do something that reminds you of how fragile life is, I guess. Kind I think of it reminds gives, you of how afraid that... you are of death. Uh, and how much but it you gives don't you, want to die. It gives you that push, doesn't it? It gives you that little... Um, it's yeah, like I almost a drug. And I can see how people get addicted. There's a guy who lives yeah. locally to me who does stuff like that 24-7. He's a stunt guy. He will do you know crazy climbs with no rope on cliff faces. He'll do... Um, you know, he'll he'll enter a competition and fight fifteen people at the same time, or he'll you know he he's he's a crazy stuntman. Got you know he's built his image around that because he's hiding from he's facing the reality of his li- like actual life. Yeah, um, that or so he's he resided, uses that he's as resided to yeah he's resided to the fact that he's gonna die, and if he can control. Yeah. Uh, the scenarios that he potentially will die in, then at least he yeah. will die in a way that he finds acceptable. Yeah, I get that. I was remember I was a professional BMX rider for a very long time. True. I have done some serious things, but definitely for me, skydiving is slightly more scary, but neither of those mm. really scary. I find bungee jumping much scarier than skydiving. Oh, that's interesting. You're a lot closer to the ground and there is no backup. <laughs> It's just that one mm. rope. And guess what? They do snap sometimes. Some Very people, rarely. Yeah, but, but it yeah. does happen. That one little bit. And is it this time? Who but knows? Then people that's, used to be like that with planes. And then like, you know, oh, I don't want to get on a plane. It's going gonna, it's gonna to explode in the air. It's going to crash or whatever. And it's just like, you know, and there's, there's, there's less plane related injuries and death than there are like cars. You know. Sure, but there is plane-related death and injury. That's the <laughs> thing, right? It's not a zero. No. The the, yeah, the okay. fear level, and, and I'm not saying I'm afraid of. I've I've bungee jumped. I had a great time, uh, yep. but it is much scarier than skydiving because skydiving is, you know, you've got quite a lot of time to come to terms with what's happening to you. Whereas when you bungee jump, you came up, up you with can, the idea of strapping your legs together and jumping off an object. There's the people in Vanuatu. <laughs> um, oh, dear. What they did was they actually tied vines around their ankles and they jumped oh. off what was called the Pentecostal Tower. Crikey. And they actually hit the ground. They don't Oof. stop. So they stop like it sort of whiplashes them a few few feet off the ground. And they yeah. just and they just they put their hands behind their back when they do it. They don't put their hands out in front of them. And, and they quite literally headbutt the ground, um, Yikes. quite viciously, and they get quite large cuts on their foreheads. And they still cuts. do it. It's the kind of yeah, thing I'd like, expect death from. <laughs> well, paralysis. The, it, yeah, it's sort of it's sort of really it's like on a sort of slanted hill. So yeah. the hill's like a little bit slanted. So they're not like driving directly into a flat surface. It's kind of uh, on an okay. angle. And it's all like chip chip wood. You know, what do you call it? Wow. Uh, wood chips and that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. You Fuck can watch it. Go, go on the internet, guys, and have a look at that. It is a very interesting Ooh. thing. And you can go and see it yourselves in Vanuatu and, and a few of the other yeah. islands. They do do that. It is quite, uh, quite engaging and quite full on. It's not. Something to be taken lightly. You're not allowed to do it yourself, if you're wondering. If you can jump off the tower. 
<laughs> it's not it's not open to the public. Um, but yeah, you'll you'll see these people literally give themselves concussions jumping off this tower, and that's them going into manhood. So there you go. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's been an interesting week on on the podcast and off the podcast. We are recording this a little bit earlier because General's going to be off for the weekend, which is fantastic. I don't know where you're going, but I hope you have a great time. And I will uh, get this up and running over the weekend so that uh, it comes out at the normal time. So hello, everybody in the future. Hello, future. And I it's think your kid, uh, Smarty. It's your kid. Yeah. <laughs> if you have anything to say about this or if you want to dislike our podcast, go right ahead. Send us, yeah, send us a message. Away. We, can have a top, we can have a podcast about it. It'll be great. Yeah, that's right. You can go on anchor.fm uh, and actually look at our podcast and leave us messages and things like that. Um, but we are working on a new website and I've mm-hmm. just been speaking to somebody about that recently. And we're also looking at new ideas for the show. Uh, we do have promised that we will be bringing somebody on for a few weeks, but it turns out to be more logistical, more logistically difficult than we thought just because timeframes for certain groups of people in different countries are all a bit mismatched. So we will find the time to do it at one point, but at the moment we may have to separate those segments into different segments where I interview somebody or general interview somebody and something like that. So a bit of fun coming up. Uh, And if you do have any suggestions or anything like that, please feel free to contact us through whatever medium you find us on Twitter. Uh, What else do we use? Facebook. I think I've got Instagram. I don't look at it, so don't message me on there. I think it's like Facebook and Instagram are the same thing, aren't they? Yeah. Basically, about... if you find Sonic BMX on like social that. media and then click following and then look for general, you, you'll find me in there somewhere. Yeah, he looks like a giant. I'm not, gonna sp- <laughs> I'm not going to spell my. I'm not going to spell it. Just leave it at general. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Well, guys, thanks again. And uh, listen, Thank have a much. great week. Bye. Bye-bye now.